2.15 on this uh, Friday afternoon, which means, as always, being joined by Brent Lehman from North Adams Schools. Welcome back. Thank you. Again, it's good to be here after a very full week of uh, things uh, around the school district. And um, a lot to share. We had a board meeting Tuesday night and one of our longer ones because it's January and there's a lot to do. But before I get into all that, I want to make a few uh recognitions and a few dates and things and uh, then we'll get into some more of the topics but i do want to let everyone know and we'll have a lot more details coming out later but it is after the first of the year and preschool registration and kindergarten registration for 1920 is around the corner uh preschool uh, that will be wednesday february 13th from 4 30 to 6 and kindergarten will be Wednesday, March 6th from 4.30 to 6.30. So there'll be a lot more coming on that, but I want you to get a chance to get that on your calendars. And I also want to recognize uh, we had some spelling bee winners at the middle school. And for grades 7 and 8, the winner was Macy Morehouse. And the runner-up is Caitlin Biebrick. In the 5th and 6th grade competition, Abigail Wolf was the winner and Easton Curtis was the runner-up. And also, before we uh, get into some of the board things and the project items, uh, tonight we have two female wrestlers headed to compete at the state. Uh, these freshman athletes, Andrea Hernandez and Trinity Coyne, the first two females in wrestling at Belmont High School are making headlines and have been showing that Anything you can do, I can do better. And if you've seen all the reports have been coming across on TV, uh, they're uh, two great gals. And they, uh, they've really changed the culture of wrestling. And uh, they have the respect of their teammates and their coaches and uh, have watched them set an example even for our whole community. So tonight they'll be par participating in the Indiana High School Girls Wrestling Tournament at Hamilton Heights. So we wish the gals good luck and uh, great success, and thanks for representing us, and um, be safe uh, in your travels if the snow does come in. Uh, we, uh, we don't want any injuries along that aspect. Uh, with that being said, I would also make a note that tomorrow's a big day. Uh, at Belmont High School, we have our annual uh, show choir contest, uh, which takes place throughout the day. And then uh, tomorrow night, the match between uh, the girls' basketball team of Belmont and the girls' basketball team of Norwell. Uh, I think if I have it correct, both teams are 16-1 and one mm -hmm. or something like that. And uh, they play tomorrow night. Now, listen to WZBD. Um, who knows what this snow is going to do. Um, that could have a huge impact on some of those activities tomorrow. So uh, we just want you to... Uh, be uh, aware of that well let's turn to the board meeting uh, this was january and in january uh, the school board has a whole series of uh, organizational procedures they have to go through and for those of you that were following us uh, on our live stream it was motion after motion after motion um, and you thought that you know that was all pretty nonchalant well uh, we were naming the treasurer and the deputy treasurer, and it's the same people we already have. And we have to name someone to take notes at the meeting, and Cindy Garner's done that forever. Um, Scott Ainsworth's been our attorney for uh, just under 30 years, I think. So 
Each year we have to approve those things. And of course, we had the election of the new officers and Stacey Bussell's our new president and Michelle Stimson's our new vice president and Steve Kree's our new secretary. And we um, brought Dave Hill on to our school board as our uh, one new board member for this year. And uh, so we had a lot of those type things in the meeting. Uh, one of the questions we always get to is in January, we have what's called this annual board of finance meeting. And people say, what in the world is that? My simple response is it's a requirement uh, by the Indiana code that when we organize the board, there is uh, a presentation of the interest that was earned in the previous year and if there's any changes in our investment policies. It takes a whole board to do that and that board has to have a president and a secretary. Um, it's just one of those things we do what we're told to do and, uh, and we make it happen. Um, it was interesting. Interest hasn't been a big topic for many years with uh, interest rates down and interest rates aren't all that high yet, but we did earn a considerable amount of interest. Uh, I think like $125,000. The reason for that is we sold the bonds for the new project and all that money came and, and we've been spending it uh, at about $2 million a month. That's a little scary when you uh, sign off on those payments, but that money earns interest um, while it's setting in that account. So it's not a big, huge windfall because remember from the day we got the money, we started paying interest on that money. So uh, there, there's not this big, huge amount of money that uh, we have in our coffers. It just shows up as interest earned for uh, the year. So that's what that whole proceeding was at the beginning of the meeting. I do want to take a moment to uh, recognize Jan Gross. She's retiring from Belmont High School. She, for years and years, has been the school nurse at the high school. And several years ago, uh, because of her abilities and her qualities, she joined with Janelle Gressler uh, to help teach some of our HOE courses and just did an outstanding job. But she has chosen to retire, and we wish her the best um, after 31 and a half years with the school district. Um, Another interesting thing in our January board meeting, and people see that on the agenda and wonder, um, we had what's called a conflict of interest, and we didn't actually get to do it because Mark Bowman was not in attendance this month. Um, but we use Masters Plumbing and Heating to do some of our work sometimes at school. Since he owns that business, he has to sign a statement that he's not part of making that selection. He's not part of making those decisions um, if we choose to use them uh, to do that. Um, certainly not in our big, huge projects, but they, were, for example, they were out this fall. We had trouble with our furnace at central office, which is a furnace just like you would have in your home. And, um, and we have used them from time to time in the past. So that's what that was all about. Then we transitioned into a whole list of resolutions, and this was kind of the final piece of this whole transfer from the general fund to the education fund and combining all the property tax funds that you've heard me talk about many times on the show. But essentially what we had to do is all those funds at the end of 2018, there's, there's some cash, there's, there's a balance, just like in your checkbook. You have a balance in your checkbook. 
Well, each of those funds had a bit of a balance in them. Well, those funds are going away. So the board had to go through a whole series of resolutions that says, we're going to move this cash balance into this new fund. And then we're going to move this cash balance into this new fund. And that's what all those were, uh, were related to. The one that was probably most confusing for people, the general fund, which is where we've paid for just about everything uh, in the years past, some of the money was going into the education fund and some of the money is going into the operations fund. So instead of just saying we're moving the money, we had to move some into each of those others. Now you say, well, how much do you move into each one? Well, we didn't know for sure either, but we had to move other expenses into the operations fund. So we just did a calculation. We moved these things into operations and it was 16% of our expenses. So we moved 16% of the cash balance. Now, fast forward to 2019, if you've been following the legislature already, um, going forward every month, we're supposed to move money into operations. Now, keep in mind, they did this to give schools flexibility to make decisions that people want at the local level. Well, there has already been a bill offered that 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 old code, old code. It was in place seven days and now they're talking about changing it and actually saying, well, yeah, you can move money around, but you shouldn't move more than 15 percent of that money. Now, remember, I just told you that we had to move 16% of the expenses over there, but we're only supposed to move 15% of the money. Not sure how that, you know, in all the math classes you've ever been in, that comes up a little short. So um, I would just encourage each of you, if you hear anyone, any legislator talking about that, the point is not well, you should only move 12% or you should only move 18% or you should let us move 20%. That's not the conversation. The point is local school boards should decide how they spend their money. The folks in Indianapolis shouldn't. The folks in Indianapolis get to decide how much money we get. I understand that. But then our local school boards are very qualified to decide where they want the money spent. So if you get a chance to share that, Again, it's not about a particular percentage. It's about let the local people decide where they're going to put their money. And um, there'll be more about the legislature in the months ahead since they're back in session. And uh, we will move on from that. The other thing I want to mention, and this was a lengthy conversation the other night, and uh, this will probably take the rest of the show today and probably could take the better part of an hour to talk about, but... From time to time, we've talked about our challenges with busing and the number of drivers. Um, and it, it's impacting every school district. There just aren't enough bus drivers out there to fill all the buses we have to run the routes that we need to run. And matter of fact, the Decatur Democrat had an article about the national issue with bus drivers uh, just a couple weeks ago. And we've been talking about it. We presented that we're going to have some challenges actually three years ago. Well, we've just been squeaking by. Um, we actually lose a driver and we have an empty bus and somebody does step up and agree to drive. Well, I think, I think we're pretty well coming to the end of that road as uh, we're already, for this year, short a driver. Vicki uh, 
is who works the bus driving office uh, is running her out full time now, in addition to all her other duties. Um, with the passing of Lori, uh, a few uh, a couple months ago, and I know we're going to have at least one, probably two, retire at the end of this year. So we had this lengthy conversation at the board meeting. What do we do? Um, other schools they've talked about creating a, a an area of the community where students don't get bus service and they have to walk or be brought or ride a bike to school and many schools have done that uh, and that is one option we could just draw a circle big enough to say we we need to reduce our ridership by this many students and we'll make the circle big enough to have that many students another thing that is a possibility and we've actually been trying it because one of our buses got too full is to leave the bus garage, drive out, pick up a bunch of kids in town, right at two or three stops, bring them back and go right back out and pick up some more. And we've done that as a pilot and that's going fairly well. So can we have three or four buses doing that? So you essentially can put twice as many kids on one bus in on one day. And uh, certainly we could start high school at one time, we could start elementary school at another time and run all of our routes twice. Um, problem there is now you have a, a second grader who shouldn't be at home alone and their high school brother or sister goes to school earlier and, and that creates some problems. So what's gonna happen here in the next couple of weeks is I've, I'm in the process of writing a letter to all the parents and just explaining how we got to where we are, talking about the different options and then we'll uh, ask for other solutions. You know, anybody out there have a good idea of how we do this and uh, come up with a plan. But I, I really strongly feel that it is not a one size fits at all. I think it'll be a blending of lots of solutions. Um, that will be our final answer for 1920. The one fact that is for sure is we're gonna have less drivers. So we are going to have to have less routes. And that's what we're trying to tackle, and we're trying to do it early so people can start planning accordingly. And uh, that took quite a bit of conversation the other night, and it will be more uh, in the days and weeks ahead. And we probably should mention maybe for those who may be listening and think, maybe I can be able to help out. Like, say, a lot of times they'll think of those farmers who drive some of those routes or some of those other part-timers. How, what exactly is it that they need to be able to be a bus driver for, say, for North Adams or for any school district? Yeah. Great question. Uh, first, first of all, you have to have a CDL license and then a school bus driving endorsement. And we actually pay for that. Uh, it's quite expensive, um, but we now pay for it just to try to get people in. But really what it amounts to in driving a route is, depending on the route, your route starts at quarter till seven in the morning and you drive a route and you're done by eight, quarter after eight. You come back in the afternoon about 2.30, and you drive the route again, you're done by four o'clock. And uh, that's why it fits well with some occupations and, and not with others, but that's that's really what's in, entailed. And, um, and, and you get a chance, we always say about our bus drivers, we have great bus drivers. They're the first person that kids see in the morning and um, chance to set the day off on a good tone. And uh, so it, it is a challenge and it's a challenge for every school, but that's what it would take uh, for anyone to be a driver. And if you have questions, call Vic, uh, call the school, ask for Vic over at the bus garage. Um, 
I, I joke, I joke with her. I say, you know, when you're in Walmart, people go the other direction because she she walks up to anybody and says, "Hey, you want to drive bus?" <laughs> uh, and um, so, and it could be just a case where maybe someone may be able to only say maybe only do mornings, or maybe can only do the afternoon, or maybe it's someone who can just help out and do the extracurricular stuff, all those bus routes as well. We will consider anything. Obviously, if we have someone who can do the morning, we're going to have to find someone who can do the afternoon. But uh, we need substitutes. We have people who will just, I don't want to do it every day, but you know what? One day a week, two days a week, I'll do it. Um, so there's there are lots of ways to do that, and, and we've, we've worked around all kinds of schedules to try to make this happen. Um, so in addition to looking at all these, hey, if we can round up five more drivers, we can forget this whole conversation and go right back to what we've been doing. And that would be, that would be wonderful. It's just uh, even by putting an ad at the movie theater in Decatur, we still aren't out there generating uh, a lot of people for the job. Again, and just if any questions on that, just call central office. And we will get you connected and, uh, and, and signed up. <laughs> And on that note, we'll talk to you again next week. Okay. And that's Brent Lehman from North Adams Schools. This is Channel Z 92.7 FM.